1: morning church. It is such a pleasure to see everybody here this morning. My name is Antrimika Knight and I am able to welcome you here to River City. Here at River City every Sunday we start by reading a psalm. It is something that connects us to the global church. There are churches all over the world who are also reading and praying through this psalm which is a part of the lectionary. Today's psalm is Psalms 51 verses 1 through 12 and it says have mercy on me O God according to your steadfast love according to your abundant mercy blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Father God, thank you that you are holy. Thank you that you are blameless, that you are able to practice grace and forgiveness. Thank you that we all have a place at the table with you. Thank you that we all have a place here at River City. May we appreciate one another, Father God. May we share our testimonies. May we share and be vulnerable so that we may feel the love and the unity that we can have as a church. Lord, we thank you for Josh and Sarah. We thank you for the worship team. We thank you for the volunteers. We thank you for our new space as we enter into a place where the community can continue to connect with River City. We pray for the children who are outside experiencing just the joy and gratitude that the members of River City and those who love us have provided so that they can enjoy the celebration and kickoff. Lord, we thank you that you are such a provider. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Just with your eyes closed, today we are on a journey uh, towards unity and diversity and asking the Spirit of God to shape us into a unified and diverse people as that is the people of his kingdom. I think part of that is recognizing that we all come to the table differently. We all come to the table with different personalities, with different interests, with different ways of connecting with God, often different theology and different doctrine. We come with different baggage. We come with different needs. We all have a seat at the table. But as we move into a moment of prayer, I'm going to ask you to be really brave. And I feel like this is a step towards unity and diversity. I'm going to ask us all at the same time to speak out a need. That can be a spiritual need, an emotional need, a physical need. But I'm going to ask you not to censor and to just speak out the need you know you need of God right now. So on the count of three, even if all you can do is get it as a whisper. One, two, three. And so God of the world, God of all kinds of people, the God who we reflect in all our individuality and in our gifts and in our passions and in our interests, you have heard your people. We come to you, the God that silences fear, instills the storm and invites us into peace. You whisper to our hearts, peace be still. And Lord, as we receive that peace, we become peace speakers to others. So as we stand in this room and we hear the whisper of our brother or sister to the right or to the left of us, Let us press into their need in the same way you press into ours. Let us not pretend like we didn't hear or we don't know, but let us open eyes and open up our ears and open our hearts to each other. In Jesus name.
2: Father, I thank you for today. And I pray that you would just, just give the peace that you give to all of us. Help us to sense and see what you're saying. Through this text, help us to not write our own version of it, but help us to see the heart that's in it, pointing to you, Jesus, for you to be lit up in our minds and hearts, for us to fall in love with you all over again, to fall in love with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So one of the things that I hear as a pastor of lot is people either come or go to churches based on whether they feel seen and can be connected with. And it's actually, I would say there's probably three things that I hear the most about people either coming or going. And I think that's number one. I think number one, people say to me, I just, I just don't feel like I could connect there or I just really felt a connection there. Like I've heard both of those like in the same day before. Like I've heard somebody come up and say, this is the most connected. And then I've heard somebody come up and say, there's just not a lot of connection. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. I really don't, but it's one of the things that we're all really craving. It's one of the things we want. We want to connect, and so I know that as a pastor, and and so one of the things that we've kind of noticed recently is as we visited churches either away from here or been to other countries, some things have started to stick out, and particularly the church that a lot of our people are at in Scotland right now, when you go, and next year there's going to be a more open invitation to try and do that, more people are going to go, but there's something different about their church when you walk in. There's, there's a different kind of connection. And, and I know Scotland well enough to know that there's not a lot of options there. And it's not popular to be Christian. It's a post-Christian society. People aren't, like, promoting it. There's no TB in there. And so if you're a part of a church in a Christian community, that's just okay. Okay, that's great. So there's not a lot of selection, right? Like, there's not 32 churches within two miles, which I'm sure there's at least that many in this city, right? There's not that many flavors. And so you just are kind of stuck with who's seeking Jesus. And you don't get to choose like what brand they are. That was my favorite thing about, by the way, my family that I went and visited in Dubai is now moving to China this week to do a similar thing. And my favorite thing, I've said this so many times and I don't even care. Like my favorite thing about visiting was that government would allow in in Abu Dhabi, they would allow the certain sector of about, Four hundred feet by four hundred feet. You could meet as a church there, and these random people from all over, right, would come. And it, actually, it was really safe. Like it's super safe there. And you'd look around this room, and there are these people that you know. If we were to all take this church and move it to Atlanta, all of them would go to different churches. They would because there's there's so many flavors, right? There's so many things built around a specific thing. They're just stuck together, and there's something so beautiful about not being able to, to escape when it gets tough, when your brother from a church that is extremely evangelistic and loud, is sitting next to a brother from a what's the churches that are really quiet? <laughs> That's the one I was thinking of. That's the one I was thinking of, but it doesn't sound like there's any baggage in here. so it's good. But you're sitting, those two people are in the same room and they're just there, right? And they are both adamant on what they think. They choose to serve the Lord together. There's something that makes my heart want to do backflips when I hear that. And, And we're here, right? So we're here and this is where God put us. And he didn't want us to be Scotland or Dubai, but we're here. So how do we do that? We have to fight for it. We have to fight for unity and diversity. And so... It's really hard, but just think about this really quickly. If you were to just go around this room, the people in this room, not only like just the way that we want to worship God or our backgrounds, but everybody in here is different. Some people are older. Some people on our staff are older. I don't usually highlight anybody's names. Some people are super young. Some people have had a tragic event happen in the past two weeks. Some people have celebrated a promotion in the past two weeks. Some people are expecting a child. Some people have lost a child some people have this church history that has brought them such deep life some people have been so broken by the church that we are their last hope I actually had somebody last week tell me you're my last chance I'm done with the church some people are having an ecstatic marriage where they're connecting like Sarah and I where we never fight (laughs) some people know how to wear a face but have not connected with their spouse in 10 years some people hate the job that they're in. Some people love the job that they're in. Some people like the Lumineers. Some people like Kendrick Lamar. Some people like the Imperials. Some people like Michael W. Smith. You know what I'm talking about, guys? I know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. Some people love baseball. Some people hate baseball. Some people love gymnastics. If we were to just poll all of you, there are so many different things, even outside the body of Christ that are already pulling us in different directions. Right? So many so many ways for us to not come together. Right? So I was having a conversation with Chris, <laughs> somebody named Chris that's in this room. <laughs> and we were talking about like with fantasy football or whatever when you connect, it's so easy, right? Like, there's just natural community that happens. When I'm at the baseball field with all the guys that play baseball, there's just natural community that happens. When you're in your book club with the people who read books, there's just community that happens. And I had the conversation. So Josh, at church, it's not easy for me like that to connect with other people like it is when I'm with the people who do this, the people who do that. And I want us to see that as a gift from God. Because there are things that are taking out of having to do relationship around things that you gather around already. And those are good things, and I'm gonna still do them. But there's work that has to be done when there's not a common denominator other than Christ. right? There's work that has to be done. There's awkwardness that has to happen. There's understanding and recognizing that your differences are not just you're different and I need to make you like me, but I need to celebrate that about you. I need to celebrate what you value. I need to enter that relationship celebrating the different parts. As Christians, it's our job to do that. It's our job to know each other so well that we give each other space. And in those spaces, I believe my favorite passage, and I think if I did have to put my finger on one passage that was like a life passage, a passage as a pastor I will go after over and above other things, it will be this passage. It's why we keep circling around it. We're like, I was telling Sarah, I was like, I. I don't really know what to preach this weekend because it's an open space, but God keeps telling me to do Romans 12 again and I'm done with it. Like we've done that, I've done it so much. And Sarah was like, the repetitive nature of it is about our heart and we cannot not do it again. And I need you to know when we talk about living in love or creating a space in Smyrna to have the kind of church that we dream, it's this passage. It's living in love, it's creating space. When someone says, what does that even mean living in love? It sounds like we got that off of a church planning website. It's Romans 12. This is our heart for what we want to see the body of Christ become. It's Romans 12. Why was this written? Because churches aren't perfect. Churches will never be perfect. Every church that we hear talked about in the Bible is either struggling with a problem or he's telling them how to avoid the problem that's about to come and walk through. Does that make sense? There's no church that's like, and this one was the best one that never needed any kind of advice or never had to work out their problems because people are together. And so I heard this podcast recently that probably changed my life more than any other podcast. This is the longest intro I've ever had. Good Lord, you're like, do it, do something, brother, like get somewhere. But it talked about flossing, right? And flossing, if anybody's heard this podcast, it's this important. All right, stay with me. So, so there's plaque, right? And some of us think that that plaque is just like residual food that's left on our teeth. It's not. No, it's not. It is a living organism and it's likened to a dark kingdom growing in your mouth, right? <laughs> That has to be fought against. And if you do not fight against it, it will grow. And it's actually one of the, it's the leading cause to heart issues. Plaque. You're like, what? Floss your teeth. So when I was listening to this podcast, I literally, before I got to the next part, was like, I'm I'm with you, brother. I floss every tooth. And I think churches have plaque and you have to do the work that has to be done. And it's not just about brushing your teeth and making them look pretty. You have to do the work. It's, there's never gonna be a time when you stop and you're like, I did all my plaque. I did all that flossing when I was younger, so I'm good. You will, you will do that till you die or your breath is disgusting and you have a, an organism growing in your mouth that's like a dark kingdom, right? Isn't that the greatest analogy ever? It's a dark kingdom in your mouth, right? So, so this passage, I'm gonna pray as we read the passage finally. Jesus, I need to fall in love with the body of Christ. And there are times as pastor, I struggle with that so. I struggle with it when I'm hurt. I struggle with it when I don't get what I want. I struggle with it when I feel like I'm dishonored by people. I struggle with it when I hear things being talked about other people. I struggle with it when I don't see the fruit of what we've prayed for. I struggle with it when somebody wants to do it their way and it's not my way and I don't like it, gosh. I sometimes disdain it. So I need you to break my heart for what breaks yours. I need you to help me to celebrate those different parts that are not like me. I need you to help us celebrate those different parts that are not like us. And I pray that we would not fall for the trap of creating all the sames for the sake of making it easier. But I pray that we would open our hearts to love our brothers and sisters the way that you love us, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. I'm gonna read you Romans 12. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of yourself and some of them more highly than you ought to think, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his or her teaching, the one who exhorts in his or her... Exur- you're gonna- See, you you're pay more attention to that than the word. I'm just kidding. That was really terrible. It's tragic. Let me try and do it again. The one who exhorts in his or her exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does act of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Back up on that. Outdo one another in showing honor. God, break our hearts for that. Good Lord, break our hearts for that. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So this is a passage that I will never forget, and I hope that you don't, because I think it's what God's drawing us into. I'm just going to go over a few things. These people would have known this understanding of this first part, one and two, and you can just bring up one and two, or one, they would have known that to be their actual example of Christ that people saw. So they were seeing this. For us, we don't look at the physical Jesus in the room, but each of us has to start this conversation recognizing how he has shown that mercy to us. So before you talk about how this body works, before you talk about gifts and callings, you have to recognize he's asking you, and I do this every time and I'm gonna do it again. Put your hand right in front of your face. Imagine in that space how Jesus has shown you mercy, just for a second. And point to a time and a place, not just an idea. Think of the time and space. Don't just just flow through this. Now, as you have that in view, present yourself A living sacrifice. Don't do it the other way around. You guys can open your eyes. Present yourself a living sacrifice. And this is your spiritual act of worship. The word there for worship means way more than just one little thing, it's talking about complete adoration of God in everything that we do, it's the way that we work. It's the way that I talk to my wife. It's the way that I lift my hands. It's the way that I lay hands on. It's the way that I enjoy spaces that I love with him. It's the way that I walk next to creeks. It's the way that I live and move and have my being. But it's completely you consumed. And it's taken from Leviticus 1.9. And I just want to read you this in the Old Testament. I think I gave you this passage. But its entrails and its legs he shall wash with water, and the priest shall burn all of it on the altar as a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And it was, it was thought that when it was completely burnt and consumed, it would create this smell that provided joy to God in the submission. And it became an aroma within that community. When someone would do the offering the right way, you could smell it within that community. And they didn't even understand it yet. They were just like, somebody's just completely sacrificed. Wouldn't that be cool if you were like, when you completely sacrificed your life, they were like, Nathan, you smell great today, buddy. You were sacrificed. But it was also thought that when you didn't consume all of it, and it wasn't all giving, that it provided an aroma that was distracting and uncomfortable. And it was actually punishable by death, which, amen, let's go home. So while that doesn't happen today, when... A church or a group of people do not present themselves completely to the Father. The aroma becomes the kind of aroma that disgusts a community that's looking for something more. The aroma is unpleasant. And so we do things like think of promotional campaigns to draw people and celebrate one person that has a voice or a gift. And we build a campaign around something because... Maybe that will cover up the smell of this aroma. All the while, God is asking us to completely be consumed in view of His mercy. So, the next thing and the most important thing is verse three. And this verse is for you and for me and for every person in American church. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. I'm gonna say it slower. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. If you want to know my opinion, what patterns of this world are? I don't believe it's dancing, and don't hear me wrong. I don't think it's smoking and drinking and dancing. Like that's those things in some cases harm you, and smoking is going to hurt your body, right? Like, but it's not talking about that. It's talking about a society that builds a community or a person up to think that the world revolves around them and that everything you want, you should get and you should just have what you want. And so we honor our celebrities. We love statuses where we're recognized. We strive to be the best in our classes. We wanna be the best baseball players. We wanna be the best singers. We wanna be the best pastors and preachers. We want to be the best. And this is the pattern of our world. We celebrate achievement so much. We celebrate achievement more than we celebrate other people. So as you as you enter into this, kind of keep these things in mind. Ephesians five two. I want to read you this. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You can bring up the Corinthians one. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. This consumed. Yes. There's more of that right there. For we are the aroma. This is the best part. Thanks. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one the fragrance from death to death. To the other the fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things. So Christ became that for us. And we become that for the world. And then, very clearly, I'm gonna, I need you to get this part with me. So humility isn't easy. It's not what we would choose. And the people in this room, you don't get to choose. The people in any room, if it's not this church, you don't get to choose the people that are in the room with you. You don't get to choose what their giftedness is. You don't get to tell them how to do it. You get the distinct opportunity of helping draw them into it, and we do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this part again. If you can bring up three through eight, Shante. And I love that we have this group called Welcome to the Table, which many of you are in. It's become one of my favorite places. But two weeks ago, we went, and Sarah and I got to sit in front of the group, which is a great group, and talk about all the beautiful parts of our church, and you sit there, and you're like, This is what we did when we started, and it was beautiful, and then we did this, and we left, and we both felt like, when we get in those settings, we really do just talk about the good stuff, right? Like, we just talk about the good stuff. How uncomfortable would it be to hear all the bad stuff about, like, how hard it is to be a family, right? Because when you transition from gathering around something you like with people to becoming a family, the fights are different, right? Enter anyone's home. Fights are like, there's no rules now. My daughter last night, who is six, punched my son in the face twice. And we were like, please don't do that. Any other group, you're like, you're going to jail, buddy. And family, it's like, who cares? Please don't do that. When you say yes to being a part of the community of God, he's not asking us to put put a front on, to try and attract people by how awesome, like, how awesome something is or how beautiful and we'll be the best community. We're gonna be like all the other communities that have problems, right? And you're gonna find problems with us. All of you in this room are gonna to have to hit a wall where you see something that you do not like. That is not unavoidable. It will happen to you, right? Hopefully you can fight through it and I want you to, but that's the reality because we are going after a family of God which looks different than a gathering of people. And in a family, you don't get to just choose All the things. You have to stop hitting your brother. You need to be quiet for a little bit. You shut your mouth, Noah. I don't say that, but I'm gonna say that soon. I say that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You have to pull over the car. I did that yesterday. I'm pulling over the car. I'm pulling over the stinking car. I'm doing it in this community. And here's what I think our world needs. And here's what I want you to know. Like People sometimes hear me in this saying, the gifts aren't important. I'm not saying that. I love the gifts and want them. I'm just saying we don't need another church built around one gift. It's not the church. And that only happens in America. We only say, well, let's get all the prophets together and let's talk about how much all these other people need to be prophesying. That's one of the many. That's one. We don't get all the people together to serve real well and these are the people who get most mad. The people who serve really well, and that's a gift, gather together They're like, this church ain't serving. These jerks. And they start to build a case, right? Like Because we do need to serve more. And teaching, we gather around teaching. We have ministries built entirely around teaching. You can go to churches now and not have to interact with another human and listen to a teaching. Why did you even drive to that? That's not church. Church is the body, right? But don't hear me say those aren't important. I'm done with feeling like I have to overqualify that. Those are important. What I'm saying is the way that you do them is more important. It has to be, or you're a resounding gong. According to 1 Corinthians 13, love the gifts, seek after them earnestly, but do it. There is a better way, and I will show you that better way. Read that chapter. But if the world sees us disagree and come to the table and love one another through it, they have now seen something they are not seeing in the world. They have. They can go visit a shaman, I'm not sure if that's a thing, or have their palms read. Like they can, and they're not going to get what they're looking for. Don't hear me saying that. They can go go visit great teaching like TED Talks. There's amazing teachers, right? We can listen to whatever your version of the best music on the planet is, right? But we don't have a place other than the church where all of those come together and honor one another without saying, I'm thinking of myself more highly than I ought. Submit yourselves to one another. That's what we offer this world. That is it, and the Holy Spirit comes alive in that, and I believe when you do it that way, your gift comes out, and you don't have to take a 72-week course to find out what's my calling, what's my gift. You'll have to do that if you desire to not be in a community that's a family that wants to love you well and challenge you. You will have to take a 72-week course, but if you wanna be a part of a family that, that says to you, you need to go put your dishes in the sink, or did you wash your hands after you went to the bathroom, or... Are you going to help with the yard? Are you going to sleep till three every day? Like, in those settings where you are required to be in community with people that you would not choose, your gift is going to come out. But then remember that it's not your gift. It's definitely not your gift. And it's not meant to be put on a pedestal. And it's not better than the other gifts. Just because you serve so beautifully... Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but throw yourself into the community and sit in front of someone who you formed an opinion about and say to them, Sarah, I have this opinion of you and I feel like when I'm around you, this is what's happening. Please tell me what's on your heart and listen without having to fix what they're about to say to you. Don't demand things of people that you don't even know what their story is. People need to be able to say, I'm actually mourning the loss of a, and I needed someone to ask me that. People need to be able to say, I just got a raise, and I'm an introvert, and I need to celebrate that. So will somebody go to a party with me? (laughs) People need, but this doesn't just happen, right? It doesn't just happen. So when you're sitting in a seat, I'm at a spot, honestly. I'm at the best spot as a pastor and the worst spot as a pastor because I could say things that will only harm myself, wouldn't harm you. But I want to say some things that need to be said. If you sit in this space and you think, that church does not, that church isn't creating space. Are you creating space? If you sit in this church and say, There's, what is spiritual formation? That, they're not being, are you committing to being spiritually formed? If you say, we're not trans, community transformation, which we are ridiculously, we've probably done too much of that and we're getting burnt out on it and we need people to surround. But if you're sitting here saying, this church doesn't even serve our community. Are you serving the community? Are you able to bring yourself to a table and have discussions about it and love people well through it? If you say this church isn't living in love, are you? Because it's not just mine and Sarah's and Jen and Bill's and Jordan and Katie's job to do that. That is impossible. And we are not a product and you don't want us to be. But we wanna fall in love with you and we want you to fall in love with us. And it takes conversations and listening It takes the theology of disagreement and being able to sit at a table with people that do not do it like you do, but that love the Lord. It takes being able to be present with others and listen. That's my dream for church. That will always be my dream for church. That will always be Sarah's dream for church. That's what God wants to build here. That's what he's doing through us. And I'm so excited about that. And I wanna see see things outside this church done so crazily well that people are running to the Lord. I want to see all of it come to fruition. But you don't get to choose the people in your family. You don't. That's how we show this world the love of Christ. Love one another the way that I have loved you. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to empower that, because it's impossible for us. The Holy Spirit living in us allows us to do those things. So in humility, we honor, we listen, we offer our gifts to the body. We see this play out really quickly in 1 Corinthians 14. Do you have this passage, Shante? Did I send you this one? I love, this is one of the craziest passages in the Bible, by the way. But this this, this is talking about how to do church services. This, in this time, this is how they would do them. This whole passage, I would read it. And it gets to this. Let two or three prophets speak. Just that alone, some of you are like, What? There's prophets here. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. It's saying this, that although you might have the word of the Lord for the body and someone else stands up to give a word of the Lord for the body, sit down for the sake of the body. Do you understand that? That kind of honor, to know that you have what God wants for a body and to have someone speak up while you're trying to explain it and that you have to sit down in an honor. And then it says that the Lord will give you a space once again when the time is right. The honor behind that. The honor for one another. I want to read you the one another scriptures and then we'll close. And I'm all over the place, but that's all right. It's right there. I needed you for that. Do you guys get, all right, no. All right, so everywhere it says one another in the Bible. If you guys will just close your eyes with me. Be at peace with one another. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. 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 Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Love one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another, greet one another with a holy kiss. Serve one another in love. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Carry each other's burdens, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind to one another, forgive one another, Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In humility, consider others better than yourself. Bear with one another, forgive one another, teach one another, admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow for one another. Love each other. Encourage each other. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Encourage each other. Spur one another on towards good deeds. Encourage one another. Do not slander one another. Do not grumble against one another. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other. Love one another. Live in harmony with one another. Love one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve one another. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Love one another, 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 love one another. another. Those are the one another's. And I thank you for others and one another's. Jesus, that we could just create space to listen to people without feeling like we have to fight. That we would be present with people. So with your eyes closed, a couple prayers for you. If you can't put in view of God's mercy in front of your face, Jesus wants to overwhelm you with how much he loves you. And I wanna pray for that opportunity to happen right now. If you don't experience Jesus like that, if he's asking you to submit something about yourself to him, follow through. This is the last thing. This is for most of you. I want you to think of someone in this room and I want you to think of a way to love and encourage them without requiring anything other than seeing them. Think of someone in this room and I want you to think of a way to encourage them without requiring anything other than seeing them and hearing them. And God, help us to fall in love with this body that you put together that we can't choose who gets to be in and out. And I pray that this would be a prophetic message to our city. Romans 12, what Paul spoke and then what he spoke in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And I thank you for each person in this room is 100% a gift. And I just want to speak that to you. If we've ever had a celebration together, if we've ever fought with one another, if I've ever been upset at you, if you've ever been upset with me, you are a gift. You are a gift. You are a gift to this body. You are a gift. You are a gift. You are a gift to this body.
0: Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.